record a podcast. Uh, Big Brother's here. Big Brother. listening. I've had a pretty terrible week as far as um, your brain, how how your brain's supposed to operate. I've been having a rough brain week. Got myself in a bit of a a sticky situation, you might say. A real tight spot uh, where uh, the only thing that seems to be keeping me hanging on is um, working out. So if the gym's closed down again and there's another lockdown, I'm not going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to work out in your garage again. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen until it gets cooler. Now, according to um, various internet conservatives, there's going to be another lockdown in August. It's happening. They, you know, they've heard from their White House correspondents, the, the press people in the White House. Say, oh, it's, it's on. It's on like .com. The storm's coming on finally, huh? Yeah, or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, this fucking whack, wacko um, driving around filming Facebook videos in his car mm-hmm. um, it obviously does not have an inside scoop. <laughs> so... Um, if, if that's your source of information, guys, I got some bad news for you. He's full shit. I don't think that's most people's source of information. That's got to just be like uh, old people, right? I don't know. It just seems like about 40% of the, country, of the country gets their information from some guy driving around in his car filming uh, videos with his phone. At yeah, very awkward true, angles. That's true, actually. People just love to get bullshit from the internet and not think about it. They're like, all right, I'm fucking, I'm in a special club with secret information that I got from some dude named Jerry in Pennsylvania. All right, he's definitely uh, he's a, he's on three day three of his 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 uh, his mind and body cleanse, and you can tell by the fact that he's sweating and weighs a fifty pounds overweight. Where we go on, we go all. Storms coming. Oh yeah. Why right. did you hear those those damn crisis actors on the the, the Capitol Hill? Ah, oh, those sons of bitches. I thought it was Antifa. No, no, no. The the cops now are crisis actors. Oh. I don't want to be in a position to defend cops, but come on, guys. Listen, they're not crisis actors. No, they're just stupid cops. Should quit their job. All cops should quit. Only good cop is a dead cop. That's what I always say. Or I guess a ex cop. That's fine too. Hmm. Not necessarily even an ex-cop. You know, sometimes they just retire. Oh, I guess if they um, quit for revolutionary reasons, then they're fine. Oh, so like three cops? Three cops! <laughs> There's been a couple <laughs> of them, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, I don't feel bad about shooting that cop. If I get the opportunity, I'll kill him. I had a friend who um, was from Boyle Heights. Uh, he was telling me once that his cousin was uh, in life. He had life for Dominic Cop. I don't know how true it is. I never look into extra information, and I was like, they should have. They should erect a statue to him. He did a public service. And I said it. <laughs> I, I said it during a work meeting. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> People. Do I mean, I, I hate to tell you this, but like, uh, even among like the, the black community, the cops are, uh, are still pretty well liked. <laughs> Yeah, it was <laughs> your real outlier. <laughs> work meeting. <laughs> it got a lot of strange looks. I think people just assumed I was like joking. Obviously, I kind of was joking, but not really. But um, I don't know. I was already uh, people generally already knew that sometimes I just say dark shit for the laughs. But I was I was a little bit serious, you know. I, uh, my personal belief is that we should erect a statue to no one. Uh, except for ODB. Hit it, ODB. Shining star. My shining star, girl. <laughs> Yo, New York in the house. It's Brooklyn in the house. That's right. Uptown in the house. That's right. 
I just call it sex and meta. I don't fucking know. No one wants to know that. <laughs> woman to ever walk the earth <laughs> and then she married nick cannon she's still she's still gorgeous i just um when she was uh in this phase when she was like you know i'm just you know, maybe you see my belly once in a while because she's still kind of young i guess maybe it's more nostalgia crush since i was like a little guy and i was like whoa they make mm, dames belly. like that <laughs> wow oh, me wow. and mariah like me babies and mariah, and, since babies and pacifiers Pacifier. Come on, baby, baby, come on. Yeah, ODB should have a statue. Every city and every state. I guess maybe just no, no. I don't. I don't make my. I don't make any exceptions. No statues for anyone. Not even for ODB, huh? No, fuck them. Fuck them all. Unless that statue is to me, and it's nine hundred feet tall. Toddles, what's toddles process? Yeah, if someone decides to make a statue to me, maybe I'll change my tune. But until then, no statues. Precious. You what do you know that guy? If you're familiar with this guy, he goes, Toddles, what's Toddles, process? <laughs> you know that guy? You know that guy? Uh, Gollum? Or uh, ODB? <laughs> uh, wrong. That was actually my interpretation of uh, celebrated director and Hollywood big shot, Woody Allen. <laughs> it's a, that's a good Woody Allen impression. It sounds just like him, huh? Oh, oh absolutely. He's like, Little taters, Toddles, what's Toddles, process? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a Woody Allen one I can I can do as Golem. I actually used to have a pretty good Woody Allen, but I don't think I've done it in a decade. I'm not oh, going to try on the I, podcast I, now. I definitely haven't done Woody Allen in like ten years, but let's let's, let's give it a go. Um, nope, he's, he's nervous. <laughs> he's he's a nervous guy. He's anxious. <laughs> yeah, it's like Elmer Fudd. Yeah, a little bit actually. It's just me, me, me and my friends over here. I was thinking, um, since uh, I need to work out constantly to um, stay alive, I should probably mm-hmm. start doing steroids now so I can work out more, right? No, no, not steroids. You got to do the HGH testosterone um, supplements, not not anabolics. Well, that just make you. You, you don't need you don't need tiny testicles, Kyle. They're already those, small enough. Those guys will just make you bigger. I specifically am going for steroids because uh, you just fucking lift through injuries and shit. You know what I mean? The whole point of steroids is you just like heal up real fast. So you just fucking can work out nonstop. Eight hours yeah, a day. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've uh, read the Hulk Hogan biography. <laughs> he said, what's up, brother? Hey, brother, uh, I, got a, I got a baseball size uh, scar on my thigh from the steroids. Cycling? <laughs> Fuck that, brother. His um, his butt cheeks were all scar tissue. Couldn't even get the needle it anymore. That's the that's the kind of uh, dedication that we all look forward to. I'm turning my butt into scar tissue. Just one cheek. <laughs> um, Lefty. He's my least favorite. There's uh, the Paul McCartney and Beck have a song together. I thought you'd what? You'd be excited to know that, yeah. You can check it out. It's uh, now available. Uh, uh, I haven't listened to it or heard about it yet, but I do know that Paul McCartney and Beck were turned away from uh, Tyga's party at like a Grammy after a ceremony. Really? Yeah, it was uh, Paul McCartney, Beck, and somebody else pretty famous, and I can't remember yeah. who it was. But uh, that's my that's my Paul McCartney Beck story. I don't know why you'd want to hang out with Tiger anyways. 
I guess probably because there's other cool people there, like the baby. Maybe the baby. <laughs> oh yeah, the baby's real cool. Hey, if your your full pussy smells like water, hold your cell phone lighters up. If you're not sucking oh. dick in the parking lot, I what know. a cool guy. <laughs> What a strange thing to say. I mean all of it, but I want to zero in on if your pussy smells like water. Uh, that's what we were talking about. Like, which water? Swamp water? Ocean water? It's also like, um, you know, like water. Like it's that, like, you've, have you never like, smelled water or a pussy? Water that you drink doesn't really have a scent to it, you know what I mean? Supposedly, if you're dehydrated enough, you can smell water, but, like, normally you do What, am I, a horse? It's kind of... <laughs> Kind of a weird or camel. Thing. Also, like I just I don't get it. Why would you want pussy that smells like water? You gotta you gotta know that your your girls your your girls been alive and living hard. You know, <laughs> you need to smell it. You need to smell oh, the love. So you, you want your pussy to smell like swamp water? No, I want it to smell like my girl. Oh, you my girl. I watched um. I was about to go into Temptations, but nice, nice pull. What is the, the National? I watched the uh, the National. I watched part of the National performing, like when they did like at the Sydney Opera House, and I was like, I don't, I, 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 I like the National. They have a few songs that I like quite a bit. They're just kind of, you know, they're like dad music, I guess is how it would be perceived now. But uh, like, there was so many people at that concert, right? And I was thinking like. The National is like a band that I would never go see live because, you know, they're so mellow, you know, like, why would you go to like a huge ass concert and just be like, yeah, let's get bummed out, everyone. <laughs> I know they like got a tour. Uh, I'm pretty sure I took you to a, we went to a, a Bright Eyes concert once. <laughs> well, actually, uh, when I saw Bright Eyes at Coachella, it was a fucking crazy ass show. But that's the thing about Bright Eyes, though, is Bright Eyes, even though the songs are more folk or country influenced, right? The, he does have like fucking bangers, right? Yeah, that's true. The National doesn't. They have. I don't <laughs> think the National has a single single song that like you could even like you know swivel your hips to or anything. You just sit there and you're like, hmm, okay, mm, let me think about life. I watched a little bit of it and I was, but in the the recommended videos next to it on YouTube was Block Party at Glastonbury in 2009. And I was like, those oh. are similar. <laughs> I was like, I'll watch that instead because Block Party fucking rules. Or they did up until about, I don't know, 2011, whenever Matt Tong left the group. As soon as they didn't have him on drums, is who cares? Because uh, watching the Glastonbury performance when they'd show him drumming, man, fucking that dude. Look at how he played drums like that. He's doing fucking like electronic dance beats on a regular drum set. Just somebody like hits so many actions per minute. Fucking nuts. But speaking He's of like live, a Korean Starcraft player. Yeah. Speaking of live music, though, if you watched the Woodstock '99 documentary, I have not. I did watch True Detective season two this week. Is that the one with Colin Farrell and uh, that Rachel is the one with with Carl and Farrell uh, doing? What I would consider just the most amazing American accent I've ever heard. Hey, that's me. I'm I'm from America. Yeah, it was awful. Like I, I like I went in with pretty low expectations because everybody said season two was was bad, but it was yeah. just like a mess. Really it's, underbaked. Um, that's what detectives sound like, though. I, Colin Farrell did a good detective accent. I remember, remember detective. It has uh, the opening song, Leonard Cohen, right? Mm-hmm. Was it Leonard Cohen? Yeah. I don't remember too much of it. It just that um, 
after the first season when they announced it was going to be in LA, I was like, oh, cool. It's going to be a bunch of overhead freeway shots and like a shitty version of Chinatown. That's what it was. <laughs> Chinatown wasn't in it. Well, I just said uh, the film Chinatown. Just uh, oh, or I LA Confidential. Or, yeah, yeah, know. that was my whole vibe. I'm like, oh, man, this is like um, LA Confidential if it was took place in 2019 and was written by dumbasses. Well, it's just the LA has been sufficiently mined for the style of corruption and crime that takes place in LA. They should have done. My, honest, my whole like, problem with it is it just seems like they had a lot of ideas that didn't go anywhere. You know what I mean? Like they didn't spend enough time thinking about it. I started season three, which is a lot better, but oof. not even they, right? It's just that one guy. Yeah, it's the one dude, I guess. But, I think they uh, had a couple co-writers, but you know what I mean? It's just not. Well, the difference is he wrote the first season over like ten years, right? And then uh, they're like, all right, season two. Season like, two, he wrote it over three months. And yeah, he's like, Fuck, I'll knock this out real quick. <laughs> also, McConaughey and Woody weren't in it, so. Although. Uh, uh, you, don't, you don't think Colin Farrell or Colin Firth? Colin Farrell. 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 Yeah, uh, I get the Collins confused. Colin you know Firth is a fucking Englishman. Colin Farrell's <laughs> an Irishman. There's a major difference. Um, I, Colin Farrell's not a bad actor, but. Um, He's not McConaughey or Woody. And then Rachel McAdams is a good actor, too, but uh, she didn't have much to work with. Big mess. Season three is better, though. Uh, It took me a minute or two to recognize Stephen Dorff. I didn't uh, ever watch season season three, and I probably never will. I'll never watch season two again. Um, Eventually, maybe I'll watch season one again. But uh, kind of, uh, I guess it was captured lightning in a bottle with that one. So anyways, though, with regards to the Woodstock 99 documentary, um, I won't say too much since you haven't watched it yet, but they make uh, a very, the, the, the direction of the documentary. I feel like I remember Woodstock 99 enough to be like, yeah, I know what happened. <laughs> yeah, it was also fucking lame as shit. But um, they make, the, it sort of seems to make a tenuous argument that they're trying to, uh, equate everything that happened at Woodstock 99 with the uh, white male rage in general and it's somehow leading to the problems we're facing today and I like I remember 1999 it was like mainstream culture was just like a vacuum of trash right because I Woodstock 99 at that point I was already getting into punk like AFI was about to be my favorite band I was gonna listen to the crow mags and shit so Woodstock 99 was already like a bunch of bands I didn't want to listen to anyways. But I just, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty strange argument they make. And it's also, like you said, with True Detective, where it seems like very half-baked, the argument they're trying to make. Like, it seems like they interviewed Moby, who said something dumb. And they're like, hey, wait a minute. What if we, what if we get some music journalists who are... Uh, Share similar opinions that don't make sense. <laughs> what did Moby say? Well, just uh, that, oh, yeah, as soon as I got there, I knew it was trouble, man. It was just a bunch of white dudes and blah, blah, blah. I don't, it's, you gotta well, watch I mean, like, From what I remember, part brother. of the problem with Winstock 99 is you were charging like $15 for a water bottle in 1999. It was $4. Yeah, there's major problems with Stock 99, how it was organized, where it took place at, everything about it. Um, so a lot of their arguments are legitimate. And like I said, I'm, I will not. Also, I'm pretty sure ICP was there. So that's awful. I will not go to bat for like new metal at all. That is absolutely like the most vacuous trash music. It's the worst parts of metal and the worst parts of 
or not even hip hop. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> It's How just, dare you speak to Limp Bizkit this way? It's just goofy white boys doing really bad metal and trying to rap. It is fucking bad. The argument they're trying to make is just like, I, I don't know about all that. I think it's more that um, mainstream culture throughout the, the history of man has always been uh, shitty. Do they um, do they focus on like, because Rage Against the Machine was at 99, right? Yeah. Do they talk to like Tom Morello and those fuckers? No, they, it's... um. They, they, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth is in it for a second. He's the best part. Uh, another that um, fucking Moby, <laughs> as far as performers go. Oh, uh, the dude from Creed, Scott Staff, right? He's got a little. Who bit gives in a there. fuck about Creed? And then um, Black Thought from The Roots, they talk to for a second. But it's mostly like music journalists with an axe to grind, it seems like. How old are these music journalists? Is my real question. Probably like around our age, maybe a little bit older. All right, so they fucking they know nothing about Woodstock '99, anyways. Because I was 15 and when Woodstock '99 happened, so they definitely weren't there either. I don't know. They interviewed people from MTV who were there, like <laughs> Kurt Loder and shit. <laughs> Kurt Loder. I don't know. Though it's what's interesting to me about it though is um the documentary came out and everyone was like, Oh, this is a pretty interesting documentary. It's like a, a horror movie and I was like, I'll check it out, I guess. And I watched it and I was like, eh, it's kinda dumb, but Woodstock ninety nine was pretty fucking dumb. And then I noticed uh people on the internet who um I don't know, associated with uh left wing figures on the internet, like really going to bat to talk about how shitty the documentary was and blah blah, blah. and I was just like you fucking nerds like you, you are gonna just say some stupid shit so you can uh try to protect like the music you liked when you were fucking 14 and playing <laughs> counter-strike I, I, and shit <laughs> i have noticed like a, a weird um kind of love on the internet for uh for limp biscuit and their their ilk which yeah I, I don't appreciate it's because um uh, it's because that was mainstream popular culture right so people our age most people were listening to that shit right and like i listened to corn for a little bit before i got in the punk rock because someone was like that's bullshit this is the chromatics basically but um so you got to think most people in general that's what they were listening to in our age group around that time period so they have nostalgia and shit for it but at the the difference is at that point i was already like well no this is bullshit music i can listen to punk yeah, they have this dumb attachment to it. And it's like, well, no, fucking Kid Rock didn't have anything to say. Limp Bizkit didn't have anything to say. It's not like they're directly responsible for what happened at Woodstock 99, but you don't need to stand up and be like, that was great music. The, the kids loved it. No, it was trash. They did it all it was, for the nookie, Kyle. <laughs> it was dumb trash then. It was dumb trash now. I'm not I'm not going to listen I'm, to anyone I, try to All like, you have to do is like listen to Kid Rock over the last five years, and you should know that it was, it was dumb trash then. It's dumb trash now. I mean, of him, fuck his political opinions. It's just fucking it sucked it was bad music ball with to bang to bang bitty well he stole that from a fucking actual detroit rapper too so fucking there you go cultural appropriation that white clown no 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 he grew up poor or some shit his dad wasn't like a used car salesman my dad's got a dealership (laughs) no my dad's got a dealership and there, one journalist um, does point out, uh, so the early 90s, right, the uh, sort of uh, uh, Nirvana comes out, right, and kind of changes the music landscape. And for a little bit, like, the masculine figures in music culture are, like, Michael Stipe and Kurt Cobain, right? 
And so she's trying to explain why, like, Woodstock 94 didn't have all the same problems, which I'm, a lot of it is because uh, they, they just better. It was organized better. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> and the, there's, like, cultural differences, of course. But she's trying to, she was trying to make the point that um, Michael Seip and Kurt Cobain, of course, are, they have revolutionary political beliefs, right? Like, they're, they're both from, uh, Kurt Cobain specifically is from the punk scene, right? He was friends with Kathleen Hanna, Riot Girls popping off, right? There was a different thing happening in the early 90s. But I was thinking, like, yeah, Kurt Cobain did have those beliefs, but that's not what the, his songs were about. And they also, like, didn't let him talk about any of that shit in the mainstream press, right? You know I mean? He wasn't talking about his, his concepts of gender and sexuality and all that sort of stuff in his music or in the press I mean a little bit I remember like um, the Headbangers Ball when he showed up in a dress right yeah I mean yeah there's a little bit to it but I don't think I don't know but Uh, you're selling Nirvana and Kurt Cobain a little short but yeah I get your point yeah, so I don't like know. That wasn't, what the, that wasn't the focus of the media attention to him. Right. And then, of course, it, as capitalism does, it consumed that, like, punk scene anyways. And that's why there was just a series of knockoff bands that didn't have any revolutionary or punk ethos to it. It was just recreating. I mean, that's kind of why Nirvana got lo- looped into the um, the grunge scene, even though they were clearly a punk band. <laughs> right. And MTV's responsible for that, too, inventing grunge. But, um... So maybe there was the potential for some revolutionary cultural change a little bit for a time period, but I just like I didn't see that in my life. But what, uh, when she brought it up, it did make me think. Um, you know how people are always like, "Oh, stop gatekeeping" and blah blah blah. And I was thinking, um, I think there are like genres of music and scenes that um, should be gatekept. Because think about <laughs> punk. One punk blew up in the '90s, right? And well, I just became, listened to a, a TikTok video the other day, or I guess like a you know 30-second 30, 30 TikTok video where they're like, mm-hmm. let me show you my favorite pop-punk bands. And it was like, The Used. I'm like, they're not punk. I mean, In any sense of the word. They're kind of punk no, bands. No, they're not. Get out of here. Fuck off. Uh, but um, so I was just seeing yeah, so punk blew up in the 90s, right? And um, not anything against Green Day or whatever, but it became poppier and uh, nothing against Blink-22 or whatever, but it became... Well, I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but it does feel like Blink-182 is, like, the last punk band to ever make it, right? Kinda, yeah. But uh, it just got... And they are very poppy. (laughs) Right. Capitalism consumed it and turned it into um a, a consumer product so it got popular and there's there's less to it there's there's no like ethos behind it it was just like oh we're talking about girls girls make us sad can't you relate other suburban white boys you know that's all like punk was in the early 2000s as far as the mainstream went and so th- that's why one example and i can think of another like big example of a genre going mainstream that like i was a, an adult and got to see like happen in real time and that would be around uh 2009 or 2010 when uh skrillex like popped off oh yeah because i mean i remember back in the day when i was a punk like like we made fun of like the candy kids and shit a little bit but like that electronic techno rave scene back then was like all about plur right you know peace love understand respect and there was a lot of people that were I'm sure there's outliers that just wanted to get fucked up and dance, right? But it's, as far as the scene went, there it was 
there were people that were thought it was really important to embody those beliefs and shit, right? Um, I know people on the internet probably think it's corny because it sucks to be sincere about anything right now because Generation X is having like another uh, cultural uh, moment, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, they're the uh, they're the adults in the room right now, right? They're the uh, forty to sixty crowd. Is the is Gen X? It just seems like uh, most millennial men get to a certain age and then they're like, well, you know, what if um, actually uh, not caring about anything is cool? And it's like, well, no, not most of the time. I feel personally attacked, Kyle. But anyhow, um, as soon as Skrillex broke, and uh, also, just as an aside, like, uh, and everyone, when Skrillex, like, popped off and everyone was calling it dubstep, and it was like, dubstep, uh, I remember the time things. being like, um, dubstep's a genre that's existed for, like, over a decade, I think, and it, it doesn't sound like this. But anyhow, um the the festival culture and rave culture and everything like that became uh consumed by capitalism the mainstream and uh now like yeah you fucking just go get sexually assaulted and beat up and shit at raves and stuff now right because the the prevailing i'm a a 37 year old white man right but you know i mean the, the culture of it completely changed into just very insincere consumer bullshit I'm sure there's some there's kids out there that are probably still trying to like live the plur shit, but that's um that's obviously not the majority of uh, like the scene anymore, right? Basically, my point is uh, gatekeeping is important because if uh, things get to the mainstream, uh, they get consumed by capitalism and they lose any revolutionary potential they had. And uh, then you also got to hang out with fucking assholes. And you go look at YouTube comments on um, some of your favorite punk bands and they're like, why are these pussies wearing masks? It's because in the 90s, um, punk blew up and uh, they were like, yeah, this is a cool guy, tough guy music and then didn't listen to anything that punk had to say. Yeah, I, I, I it's just um, anytime something like makes it to the larger public, it becomes watered down and useless. Or maybe I just hate other people. I don't know. It's been a rough week. It's been a rough week. <laughs> Let's hear what Mariah has to say. gotta put odb on it this is a uh, revolutionary at the time too this is before uh pop stars would have rappers on their song i think even well, in the uh, wasn't the this, for, was uh, like, this is for uh this is for a movie right and then one ended up on that what is that fucking movie about the cop or not the pre- it was a president right what the fuck am, are I you talking about? <laughs> am i forgetting a different or think of a different movie <laughs> I don't know. This song wasn't made for a movie. It, I'm sure it ended up in movies. Well, it's it's um, well known for being in Rush Hour, right? When they kidnap the little girl and she's like singing to it on the radio with the kidnappers. But I don't think it was made for a movie. I definitely remember a, a, a music video featuring Mariah Carey and ODB that had clips from a, a movie in it. Maybe mm. I'm misremembering it, the, the song. It's not that one. Also, I think that's the only song she did with ODB, right? You might be thinking of the one that's got like P Diddy and shit in it. Oh, maybe, but I don't. 
Maybe. Yeah. You know, I, it's been a long time since the 90s. Yeah. Well, um, what, 95? 96? Somewhere in there? I think it's later than that. 97, 98? I don't know. Uh, there's a guy at the gym today. He was using the preacher curl machine that I wanted to use. He was an older gentleman, I'd say in his fifties. Um, he was just sitting there taking selfies at the preacher curl. Cool. That's a cool vibe. Yeah. Do you think he's he's going? I th- I was like, he's must he's having a hard time since the divorce. Probably that was kind of the energy I got from him. <laughs> he's like, just check me out. I'm at the gym. Get a pump and iron. You know, we're gonna. Later on, go have some cocktails with some 19-year-olds. But he wasn't um, using the machine, really. He was just taking pictures with it. I mean, that's what you go to the gym for, right? Just to look good? On I'm, the grams? I mean, I, mean I, I know I haven't been to the gym in, like, 30 years. Well, actually, it's been 12 years at this point. You know, most of my workouts <laughs> is walking and doing yoga, which I can do at home. I mean, to be honest, uh, you you see uh, interesting characters at the gym once in a while, but uh, generally people are there working out and stuff. So it was weird that there's just this old man who was like, you know what, I'm getting back in the game. I just got to update my Instagram. And the ladies will come flooding in and be like, oh, whoops, my, 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 oh, my billfold fell out of my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, there's there's hundreds of dollars in here. Yeah, I work for Bose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Arizona, it's probably like, oh yeah, I work for Boeing or Honeywell. So that was cool. I was like, right on, man. Um, and then I had to wait to use the preacher curl. And I was like, well, I guess. Why I'm- don't you just stand over him? Look really intimidating. He's an old man. Yeah, I mean, I was much bigger than him. I'm a lot bigger than um, a lot of people at the gym, to be honest. I was like, hmm, should I be this wise? <laughs> That's Nothing the other thing I about, though. Speaking of uh, True Detective Season 2, Vince Vaughn is just a, a big man. Well, he's like 6'5", isn't he? he sure. He looked it. Like yeah, he's pretty tall, and then other actors usually aren't that big. Uh, I did not believe him as a uh, Los Angeles gangster, though. Well, yeah, because he's not like um, uh, Chicano or um, uh, fucking Peckerwood. They don't have. Uh, I don't know what the organ, like the organized crime and air quotes, looks like in California. I don't think it's like rich white dudes in suits or anything like that anymore. You know, I don't know if that. Uh, I don't know. You probably you probably got some like Russians or Eastern Europeans in that that game. Oh yeah, maybe Armenians. Ooh. There's, there they, love, they love to live in L.A., Glendale specifically. I get it, though. I get it. It's hard to be Armenian. No joke. Only if the Turks are around. They always are. They always are. It's been uh, scientifically proven that society's going crazy. Mm. Do you trust science? I don't. You told me to wear a goddamn mask. I call them face prisons. <laughs> Hey, you know, kids wearing a mask is going to cause some sort of psychological damage because people wearing masks do people things and they can't see faces or something. I'll tell you what, it's hard to wear a mask at the gym. I'm not oh, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy to wear a mask. I'm just saying that the psychological effects of wearing a mask are, you know, on kids is fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, kids, kids are... Can understand. Kids are not stupid, you fucking idiots. Plus, kids are in danger of getting shot every day they go to school, so <laughs> I think wearing a mask is the least of their concerns. And also, I don't mean it. It's not like it's hard. I I, no one's bought a, brought a gun to my child's school, as far as I know, but someone did bring a gun to our school when I was in sixth grade. 
Yeah, but they weren't like uh, planning on going on a shooting spree like we have now. That was just like gang <laughs> shit. I was on gang. Um, also, I don't mean wearing masks is hard. Like, oh, it's hard to breathe when I'm working on some. No, it's just hard to keep it up. That's the problem. Slides I down. mean, that's a little like that's a little harder to breathe. Sometimes it gets like a little moist in the mask, but oh, yeah, usually it's true. just the, it's the, the constantly pulling it up on my nose that I find annoying. Anyhow, there was um, PNAS, a scientific group, uh, did a study. I'll just read to you the the opening uh, sort of. Uh, I forget what this specific part is called. What, you know, the fucking the conceit of the study. Anyways, it's can entire society societies become more or less more or less depressed over time? Here we look for the historical traces of cognitive distortions, thinking patterns that are strongly associated with internalizing disorders such as depression and anxiety in millions of books published over the course of the last two centuries in English, Spanish, and German. We find a pronounced hockey stick pattern. Over the past two decades, the textual analogs of cognitive distortion surged well above historical levels, including those of World War I and two after declining or stabilizing for most of the 20th century our results point to the possibility that recent socio-economic changes new technology and social media are associated with a surge of cognitive disorders social media is making everybody crazy i mean there, there's definitely some truth to that like i don't think that um the human mind is designed to process that much information that quickly you know what i mean like a, 200 years ago um news traveled a lot less quickly and you have a lot more time to process it you're also not supposed to you don't have the capacity to care about that many individuals you know like Maybe you in don't. your in your in your social group it creates the illusion of a, a social group that actually makes ends up making you lonelier so i i just you know I, it's just everything is it's careening off a cliff so you know this week you know what i did to make myself feel better since i was having such a hard time I drove off a cliff. I revisited the Terrace House. As uh, frequent listeners and um, the people keeping track of the Kyle lore, they'll recall that uh, somewhat recently, over the winter, I uh, started watching the Japanese reality show Terrace House. I was unable to finish the 2019-2020 season because they went on a hiatus for uh, the pandemic. And then Hanakamura committed suicide, so they canceled the show. Isn't Terrace House kind of like Japanese Big Brother or something like that? Uh, there's no competitive element to it. It's just people living their lives. Oh, okay. So Japanese real, uh, real, real world. Real world, yeah. Um, but uh, so I was unable to... And once Hannah Kimura committed suicide, they took the episodes with her in it off of American Netflix. <laughs> But That's luckily, why you download them for free. Yeah, this week I was looking for something to watch during um, my cardio, and I said, you know what? That website I use to watch all of the most prestigious Asian television will definitely have the episodes. So I was like, all right, time to watch these twenty episodes I didn't ever get to watch. I made it about five, six episodes in, and I was like, no, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it's crazy because um. I uh, normally I am not really move. I, normally, a lot of things don't bother me. Um, but, What's it uh, like? <laughs> well, I mean, things like me. Everything far, bothers me. As far as like media goes, you know what I mean. Uh, like I'll, I cry at movies a lot. A lot of things can make me cry. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Actually, my brain doesn't work for all this week. But it was like I was like um, 
a couple episodes after she was in the show and she was like had a crush on the dude and like was just being like happy and having fun and stuff it was i was like getting sick to my stomach because it was like no but she's gonna die because you know what happens yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so i wasn't able to watch it uh so that's that's i I don't know i was like man why is it affecting me so badly it didn't help with all the other shit that i was you know it's affecting you so badly because you're you're a human being with feelings yeah it was, it was hard to watch, man, because she was, like, so young and, like, charismatic and, like, she was, like, she had just wrestled at, like, the Tokyo Dome for the first time, you know what I mean? Like, she was, like, man, it fucking sucked. <laughs> that show, that piece of shit show, man. <laughs> and then, um, so her her mother sued uh, Fuji Television, who produces the show and shit, right? Because she said they were responsible for her death right but um fuji tv um she lost that lawsuit because uh, hmm. i guess it's hard Cause to... japan that's the reason well i mean also... japan had uh what tattoos outlawed until like two years ago yeah the, I mean, they're also like still technically like um yeah very um well depending uh, where you're at in japan there's like, still, oh, don't go to this pool or that gym or this beach with well no tattoos. depending where you're at in japan they're still illegal and then even in the major cities like osaka or tokyo people are gonna look at you weird if you have tattoos yeah and they won't let you into the onsen the saunas and shit shit like that uh, apparently if you're a westerner they're like not as weird about it but if if you're a japanese person that had tattoos they're like well you're a fucking criminal piece of shit oh i also watched um a documentary last night called tokyo idols which is about um girls that are trying to be uh you know j-pop idols in japan fucking grim shit not good not good at all there's a group why would you expect it to be like uh, being a pop idol anywhere has never really worked out for a lot of people um i look at britney spears right now Is is it going great for her yeah free britney (laughs) <laughs> any day now <laughs> um there's a they they were also interviewing the um the men that are into these uh, j- uh these idol groups right um, and there was an idol group that was um comprised of like 10 year olds oof and Menudo, the, huh? their um fan base was all you know older men and they oof. they asked one of them uh so what is what's the appeal of this group as opposed to you know uh adult women <laughs> groups or whatever and uh the guys straight up just like yeah i mean it's just the innocence they're not developed yet you know if if they were a little bit older i wouldn't be interested in them it's like dude you just straight up said you're a pedophile <laughs> <laughs> you fucking creep <laughs> what's interesting about it though is um what are you mad gates there was one uh idol who um she's like 20 21 but she's been doing it for a while i think she's been doing it since she was 16 so that's still pretty weird and she had like um her, her own like devoted fan club of like older men right which is yeah still pretty weird but what was interesting about it is like um it was all like sort of sad bummed out dudes that like stopped being salary men because they hated it and they wanted to like you know try out a different life and like when they're all this together, is the life you choose well no here's the interesting thing is like when they're all together just the dudes having a good time or whatever i was like you know what this is healthy like there should be places for these dudes to go and just bond as dudes or whatever it's fucking weird that it had to come from like 
this 20 year old girl's like pop career like that's well i mean here's the thing though it didn't have to come for a 20 year old's pop career well that's the they went into it in the documentary like there is um like a a cultural economic domination of idols in japan where like since there is very little outlet for anything um especially for women they're being forced into these positions and then there's not really one of their sociolo- sociologists they interviewed pointed out that um it was from a very conservative japanese perspective like he had he, like you could tell he was kind of trying to imply that people need to get married and have kids again right but like um he pointed out like there's no one really has real jobs anymore no one's getting married if you do get married you can't have kids because you can't afford health care you know the socioeconomic problems that are being faced by a majority of people around the world in general and he was just talking about like the the types of outlets that exist for people are becoming really um narrowed in japan so it's only these specific like consumer things and i mean i have a slightly different view of that because like my philosophy as far as like health care and, and, and shit like that is as far as kids go is um, 200 years ago, the child mortality rate was like 900% higher, um, but people are still having kids. So what, I mean, what, what about specifically healthcare makes you not want to have children or get married? I don't remember mentioning healthcare. You did. No, childcare. Well, what's the difference? No, like if someone to watch your kids because you both have to go to work 60 hours a week. You can't afford it. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking mm. about the general socioeconomic burden that most people are under that is preventing them from doing anything with their lives. I'm not saying it's a good thing that, yeah, they're obsessed with the, this young girl or whatever, but I, I, I don't know. I just, it would be cool if there was an, an outlet for these men to get together and, like, be, like, you know, bond with each other with something healthier. I don't know. I just feel like there is, and they just, they, they devoted themselves to this 20 year old pop star i mean possibly i guess i was just pointing i mean like it's not like there's not other you know sports or music or anything else in japan besides a 20 year old pop star yeah that's true but i was just pointing out like the um the the the, the, what they're actually searching for is that camaraderie to matter to other people and they can do that just with each other they don't need to have this young girl as an outlet but it, it just seems to be i don't know i don't have an answer or anything i'm trying to promote or make apologies for these guys is just something i noticed when i watched it is like what they actually really need is to just have some sense of community with each other in a healthier way well i don't know there's um some from news articles and research studies i've read in the last like four or five months about just the loneliness of people generally yeah uh and there's certainly some truth to that i just i don't know my um my outlook on this is that Part of it is society and part of it is your own um, desire to fit in to society. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to get together with a bunch of dudes to watch a 20-year-old pop star. That's that's your choice mm-hmm. because part of it is because society enforces you and part of it is because you want to buy into society. Well, yeah, people want to matter still, right? Or be seen to matter, especially in Japan where it's, um, you're not supposed to, like, stand out at all, you know? Here's the reality. No one matters. I just thought it was interesting, but generally though it was um, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me want to say, uh, 
yeah, all the the weird jokes I was making about twice and stuff. I just want to clarify those those are jokes. <laughs> I'm not actually like some weirdo <laughs> who's in love with a 25 year old girl in a K-pop band and like think we're gonna fall in love and get married or anything like that. These those are just jokes. Twice is cool. <laughs> I think Twice has like cool music and they seem like charismatic fun girls or whatever but i'm not like a weirdo. <laughs> i'm not a weirdo or anything like that that's exactly what a weirdo would say yeah <laughs> yeah that's true yeah <laughs> yeah buddy that's true also as far as childcare goes people when you were when you were three years old 200 years ago you left your own devices yeah but like if you just saw your kids running around now they'll probably get domed by the police <laughs> only if they're black or brown no, nah, they'll get white kids too. Just not, not as, often, not as many. <laughs> Just not as many. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's not a very funny joke, but hey. Reality. Yeah, <laughs> life's not very funny, is it? Uh, you know, depends on your perspective. It's uh, very, it's uh, so extremely morbidly ridiculous that a lot of times it's, you just laugh it off, I guess, or I do. Life has always been morbidly ridiculous. I don't care about the other times though, because I'm alive in this time. <laughs> and it sucks. Sucks big old donkey nuts. I want to talk about two seconds just about uh, uh Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats not passing um eviction moratoriums for a second. She because said she uh didn't know about it until it's too late. Or something like that. Fucking bullshit. Like, uh, <laughs> The Supreme Court said month, like a month ago that the, the, the Congress had to do something. No, nah, she, she's like, no, nah, I just came across my desk. <laughs> oh, sh- holy shit. Yeah. Also, one of my most controversial posts on Twitter was about fucking landlords, apparently. Landlord. People love landlords for some reason. I don't I don't get it. Have They, they don't know of landlords? So this person, the fucking landlords are a parasite. No, no, they would contribute as much to society as, like, a police officer or a firefighter or a teacher. Well, maybe as much as a police officer. Oh, yeah, they contribute about as much as a police officer. They prevent people from living their lives healthily and happily. Just like the I just think like, there's nothing a landlord can actually do that contributes more than, say, like, a government-run housing organization. No, oh, I know, the government is bad or some shit. Whatever. Yeah, we need small government. Small government. It's it's much better when a large corporation or some dickhole seventy five year old who wants to fix your plumbing himself runs your your housing. That's so much better. It's important that um, businessmen do it. You know, business, <laughs> business, 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 business. I um I saw <laughs> uh, the real leaders of our country are. Uh, instilling a mask mandate at Disneyland and Walmart. <laughs> Fine. Only like. in certain places. <laughs> only Disneyland and, or only Disney World, right? Oh, and not Disneyland. Only, and then Walmart only at in, in places that have uh, high um, high COVID numbers, right? And then only yeah. the employees. It's just optional for the uh, customers. Well, the customer is always right. So is it, are they? Well, that, that's. Pretty, I worked at Starbucks that, once, and one of my coworkers got a coffee thrown in his face, and I don't think that customer's right. Well, that quote's been uh, incredibly misrepresented, anyways. The full quote is: it's actually in regards to um, what you, the products you supply to the customer. So, if a customer 
You oh, supply, supply and demand, you said. Well, it's more theoretically like what the person was trying to say that's being quoted is that with regards to the products you're going to stock, the customer is right, right? If they want a certain product that you want to make money, you got to stock and stock supply that product, product, right? So the customer is always right about the shit that they want to buy. Unless it's Blizzard Activision, then the customer is always right. <laughs> I saw well, Activision. If you work for the empl- company and you're a woman, you're gonna get sexually assaulted. There's a lot of people that are still trying to like dismiss uh, all the shit with Blizzard and Activision just because they've um, their identity is so tied to like World of Warcraft and shit. Fucking embarrassing. You got a fucking melted consumer brain. You fucking dumb pussies. Your existence is tied to a consumer product. You fucking loser. I, that's what I don't get. Like, it's a perfectly fine. We both play World of Warcraft. I still yeah. think Activision is bullshit. It's, no, no, no. It's, we're just, you know, whatever. They're, they're not lying and spitting in the face of. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Dude. Fuck you, you fucking dumb pussies. You let, you let a fucking consumer product from a corporation define who you are as a person. Your happiness and health and me- mental health and everything you believe in is defined by some fucking piece of shit consumer product that a corporation gave you. Some fucking gruel, you fucking pussies. Oh, man. It's like, now, yeah, tell us what you really think. The worst shit. It's everything I hate about uh, consumer capitalism, culture yeah, and capitalism and other people. It's you fucking losers. Unlike the people defending, oh, Scarlett Johansson is going to sue Disney. This, Whoa, no, don't do it. What if it bankrupts Disney and we don't get any? Oh, problem? yeah. Okay. You, you fucking know, it, losers. <laughs> How could you even think that? You dumb fucking pieces of shit. Yeah, how could you protect Disney, you fucking idiots? Yeah, I mean, on one hand, Scarlett Johansson clearly has enough money, you know what I mean? But on the other hand, Disney did fuck her over by putting it on streaming, and the contract said that she would get part of the... You know what I mean? Like, who gives a... On on one hand, who gives a fuck about Scarlett Johansson or Disney? On the other hand, Disney is a fucking large corporation that signed a contract and fucked someone out of money. It happens all the time in movie studios. Yeah, it's fucking violation of her workers' rights. It's... I mean, yeah, she's got... I'm sure she has plenty enough money, but, like, fuck Disney and fuck any corporation that's gonna violate contracts and workers' rights. Fuck that shit. And if you stand up for that shit, you're a fucking loser. I'll fight you in the street. I'll cut fucking bacon out of your belly fat, you dumb bitches. I'm sure the people that, that love Disney aren't aren't fat people, Kyle. <laughs> oh, well, I happen to know you're totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm fired up now. That this video. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I was Scarlett Johansson, I would I would donate all the money to charity. But on that, but Disney absolutely fucked her out of money. I mean, and by it's putting also, on streaming, yeah, you can't argue that. And I mean, I, there is an element of me that's like, well, yeah, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Fuck this rich asshole. Well, she's lucky enough to have enough power that she can sue Disney. But think about like all the special effects studios, the all these non-unionized workers that are completely just squashed down and exploited by Disney that they don't have the power to do anything, right? So it is a little bit like, well, fuck you too, Scott Johansson. But at the same time, I mean, fuck Disney, man. They're just violating rights all over the place. No, Disney's never done anything wrong ever. Being the fucking one of two studios that gets to produce all of media, basically, fucking terrible. I, anybody that thinks that Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit is going to bankrupt Disney is, is full of shit. 
Well, they're, it's just dumb as shit. You don't understand how much fucking money and power Disney has. Shit. I'm tired of all them goddamn stinky uh, superheroes. Uh, Jerrell Butler is suing the the company that made uh, what White House Down or one of those fucking god-awful action movies, and no one gives a shit about that. I guess the difference between um, that, the reason why no one cares about Gerard Butler and White House Down is because uh, the studio that made White House Down hasn't been insidiously cozying up to people since their childhood and get them indoctrinated into the Disney system so they don't have a weird uh, parasitic relationship with Disney. I don't know what you're talking about, Kyle. The Jungle Cruise has a gay character that doesn't say he's gay in it. And it's Jack Whitehall, that annoying British man. God All damn. the British are annoying. Pretty much. Try to think of a good one. That's about it. Uh. <laughs> Danny Boyle directed a few good movies. That's a good fellow there. Damn Brits. Brits out. I always have my Brits out. That's what I call my testicles. Get your Brits out. Well, VHS cult. I'm Kyle. This wasn't a very funny episode. I was mostly just angry. Oh, shit. Did we not introduce ourselves? Yep. That's Sean, uh, brother. Brothers who podcast. Two brothers podcasting. Yeah, it's a new concept. So. <laughs> so far, you've only seen three brothers podcasting. Now it's two. Brothers. There's definitely two brothers out there somewhere. I don't know about them, but I only know about I only know about like five podcasts. <laughs> I don't listen to any podcasts at all anymore. Well, so I mean, they both well for our our podcast. Yeah. The only time I really listen to podcasts is when I like worked that shitty bank job where I like uh, had um, nothing to do most of the time and you couldn't really use the internet or anything, so I just listen to podcasts on the phone. I would listen to podcasts when I had that uh, shitty finance job where I drove an hour and a half to work and then an hour and a half back. Yeah, so as soon as I didn't have. Honestly, most of the time I would still listen to audiobooks. Yeah. As soon as I didn't have a job that um, required podcasts to be my only form of entertainment, I was like, all right, well, goodbye forever, podcasts. There's that, but I mean, I don't, there's tons of people that are still listening to them. Just think, like, do you ever watch Twitch streams? Oh, no. Yeah, no, but fucking millions of people do. So, <laughs> so you're saying we should do a t- Twitch stream? Hell Got yeah, it. let's start streaming. And start some beef with other streamers. They're all fucking weirdos, anyways. I don't know a single streamer. Um, Doctor Disrespect. He streams, right? Let's let's start a beef with that stupid motherfucker. I think he he got kicked off of Twitch for like being a pedophile or something, though. I think. Ah, oh, that makes sense. He seemed like a pedophile. Yeah, they all do it. To be honest. Well, I guess that's VHS cult. Um, Maybe I'll be in a better new mood next week. We'll have some jokes. <laughs> I won't. We'll have to see about that, though. Uh, go to VHSCult.com, which is VHSKVLT, to listen to this podcast and thousands of others. But not, like, thousands. It's probably more like... we got a couple hundreds. Yeah, yeah maybe. 150 or something. And there's, like, right 125 now. of the, uh, the VHS Cult, the movie one, and then whatever are on this one. <laughs> This is like 34, 35 or something. So, so yeah, nearly we, 100, well, nearly 200. And we got some other podcasts you can check out. Learn the deep lore. Uh, the deep there magic. It's probably some stupid magic, shit. Magic. If you go back and listen to the other ones, we probably say a lot of stupid magic, shit. Magic. I don't care. 
I don't care. The only thing that's got me living life at this point is fucking working out. And I got to watch twice memes every night to relax enough to fall asleep. Not me. I watch the uh, U.S. Olympics basketball team beat up on Iran. That's fucking me. I was watching Tokyo Idols and I was like, there it is. That's me. That's fucking me. <laughs> I'm one of those I'm fucking I'm a Tokyo creep. Idol. <laughs> I'm a fucking creep. I would love to be a fucking Tokyo Idol, but they um don't seem to let men do it. <laughs> or maybe it's just uh <laughs> maybe it's just that uh the, the the audience wouldn't be interested in men doing it. I think it's cuz they're oh, all creepy. Here's creeps. something I I've been thinking about it for the last couple weeks, but um, I never mentioned it. Do you think uh, Vince McMahon's preparing to sell the WWE? Um, no, why would he? Well, because he's been releasing all these wrestlers and like cutting all the, the staff and shit to make the bottom line look better. Hmm. Well, yeah, I saw that they released Bray Wyatt, which is a pretty big name for them. He's not the only one. I guess he's the biggest name they've released in the last few months. Yeah. They've released a ton of wrestlers in the last few months. And not just wrestlers, but like staff and writers and all that shit. I, on my assumption, he's going to sell to like NBC or something. That, that That's who uh, has the oh, streaming rights right now. Maybe, because he's been kind of trying to kick it up for a little while. Maybe not outright sell it, but he's been trying to get like bigger and bigger deals, right? Uh, they definitely had their most profitable year over the last year. Even with COVID. Mm, I wonder if he is trying to sell it. Oh, fucking Triple H will be pissed. Or will he? Yeah, because he, he thinks he's the heir apparent, I'm sure. I don't know, maybe they'll keep next. Well, shit, I guess we'll find out. That kind of makes sense, though, because, yeah, I did notice that they he was like, all right, well, we're just going to keep getting rid of wrestlers and make more money. What I mean, part of the problem, too, is they got that guaranteed deal from NBC, so it's just like, well, we're going to give a shit now. Yeah. Well, yeah, fucking everyone's going to go to AEW. Just like CM Punk. Child molester punk. <laughs> Chomo punk. He's a Chomo punk. They would hate him in prison. He's Chomo punk. And a punk. Damn. All right. VHS cult. KVLT.com. Listen to the podcast. Tell your friends and family. Rate and review. Do all that shit. Uh, also, tell people on the internet. Um, tell other popular streamers, podcasters, and whatever that I'll, I'll fucking fight them all. VHS cult.